Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Post Post Podcast, where I talk to creative minds about their inspiring professional journeys. I'm your host, David Gidali, and this is episode 23. Today's guest is someone really special, and his work is really unique. His name is Brett Dorr, and he's a contraptionist, at least that's what he calls himself. He's responsible for some amazing works of kinetic uh, machinery. They're also known as Ruth Goldberg machines. And one of the most famous projects that he was part of was uh, OK Go's music video for This Too Shall Pass, which is a pretty incredible feat. It was shot in one take, and it was the take was essentially going through a giant machine or kind of chain reaction of, of mechanical pieces put together in uh, unusual ways. I mean, I can go on for hours just describing what goes on there. It's so complicated it's so well orchestrated and uh, and it's so fragile and and you when you watch it it's like the cool thing about what we do I often compare visual effects to magic tricks um, and uh, people kind of used to uh, watch visual effects with a sense of awe of like how is this even possible and uh, just like magic the fact that you don't know what really went into it, you know, adds a little bit of sense of mystery. But this kind of work, this type of um, mechanical contraptions, um, they're not hidden. They're right there in front of you. You can see every single piece. In fact, that's part of the the intrigue and the fascination around them is that it's it's really visible and it's transparent. You can just look right through and see exactly how it works. And it still feels like a work of magic. And this is part of the thing that I think makes them so satisfying to watch because you know how this works and still it feels like something unbelievable has just happened in front of your eyes and it really does it takes a long time to get those to work well usually when once they do they just do once and uh if you're lucky enough to capture it on on video then you have uh the solution that you want and it's a very you know just inspiring and interesting art form that is unique not a lot of people do this and uh i was really lucky to meet brett at a premiere here in la and probably about uh half a sentence into our conversation i knew he was going to be a guest on this podcast because how often do you meet a guy that can say this this is what he does for a living this is just awesome and yeah i'm really excited about this episode it's pretty long but Every second of it is just pure magic. Uh, it was such a great fun to, you know, sit with him and talk to him. And yeah, just can't wait to start. So without further ado, I give you Brett Door, episode 23 of the Post Post Podcast. kind of an, an conversation like and a uh, kind of thing yeah yeah, yeah. so um, and that's the most fun way to do it yeah you i know, think just so let too. it go like, some go, let it go you know organically where it goes yeah it's kind of started because i do i have a lot of conversations with people all the time we all do and i realized you know i know a lot of uh really interesting people with really interesting backgrounds and yeah. when i talk to them i i feel you know like every conversation i have is so inspiring then you know it's uh it's worth documenting and keeping it out yeah, so kind of like it's a it's a perpetual 
you know, it's almost like a chain reaction. If yeah, you know. yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, it, the, I love, I'm a big fan of improvisation, you know, it's, it's, uh, I've always sort of, I, I, I found it kind of, uh, uh, sort of crystallized. I, I read something by, a, you know, where, by a, 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 a computer science scientist where he was talking about uh, the difference between planning and improvisation right. and the idea of sort of one paradigm of computing was that, you know, you have, you know, very prescribed routines that when you get a, when you get a stimulus, it, it sends it to one of those prescribed routines and then it's like stored in a library. And so it's sort of like it, it receives a set command and that's sort of the planning Right. paradigm whereas the other paradigm is the improvisational paradigm which is a kind of you know the computer decides to that the computer decides at the moment what to do then okay. you know, and to de- and and have and to devise a kind of architecture that uh, th- that is a lot more powerful that way because you're not yeah and and you know you're spending all your all your capital on that, on, on sort of figuring out how to respond to something in the moment. Right. You know, and I, I think, I think that's sort of, that's kind of how I, re- um, that's kind of how I operate. It's interesting because the machines you make are usually very like, if this, then that type structure. I, yeah, are I mean, they they're or? narrative, they're yeah. narrative, right? Mm-hmm. And I think any kind of machine is a narrative. Right. So it's. Definitely it's a cause and effect planned. relationship, right? Yeah. So it's, you know, this and, and anything that is, um, you know, so, and I think that's part or that's maybe why I do a lot of work with like tech companies and stuff like that, because all the, the tech company, you know, if you're looking at a microchip, everything that's happening is, is invisible. Right. And it's, and it's happening on such a small level that there's, it's really, you know, impossible to like, if you, unless you like look at a data sheet to even figure out what it does. Right. Well, you know, it makes from sense. The outside. It's interesting because if it was like, I was just thinking about a, like a Swiss clock, for instance, mm-hmm. you know, where you can actually open it, you know, and show how intricate and how, you know, deliberate every part is and, you know, how it all yeah. kind of works in orchestration and stuff. But like, like you're saying in, in tech companies, when they, when they do stuff that are like, you know, a hundred times more complicated, but they can't it's invisible. Like you say, it's hard yeah. for people to grasp and that that's where they could kind of. And I, and they've tried, you know, I mean, you know, yeah. it's, it's funny. Like you, I remember seeing, you know, that movie hackers from the nineties, like the, I yeah, don't know I when I, it I happened. I don't even remember. It, I really yeah. liked it if, if, at the <laughs> time, but it, you know, it's that sort of classic uh, movie, but the, uh, you know, I feel like there was some kind of visualizations of, you know, when we were sort of like watching, you know, or, or even like Tron, I think on yeah. some level, right? You know, you're sort of like it, it's like you're it's an attempt to show electrons moving from one place to another, and there's just, just there's always some kind of you you always have to use some kind of metaphor. You can't. Right, yeah. There's no way to accurately represent that and should, and to show that. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, I didn't think about that. And um, so, Brad Door, thank you for joining me and uh and being on this podcast and it's exciting i i bumped into you the other day i'm a big fan of your of your work uh in our first conversation and you you when you kind of 
introduced yourself and what you do, which I want you to do in a second. Sure. Um, I immediately kind of like the, the first thing that came to mind when, when you said what you were doing was a project that you actually did, which is pretty cool to, um, <laughs> when your own work is the, you know, is the first kind of connotation that comes to mind. Um, it's a nice thing. Yeah. It's, it's, it's very nice. It's a nice, it's nice to have a calling card, even if the calling card is 10 years old. I know, I know, I, you know, but it's funny because it doesn't feel like it's 10 years old. No, it's, it doesn't. It feels so fresh. So when people come to you in the street and they're like, hey, you know, you look, look like a nice guy. I wonder what you're doing. I'm sure it happens twice a day, but what's, uh, what's your response? I, it's, it's, I usually stumble over it because it's sort of, it's even now after doing this for like over 10 years and, you know, spending most of my, most of the, you know, probably 25 years of, of sort of doing similar things, you know, it's still hard to really explain. And I, but I would usually explain that I'm, I'm a contraptionist. And then that usually leads to some other questions that are like, what the hell is a contraptionist? Do people often mistake it with contortionist? No, no, I don't okay. think, I think, I, I think if you, I think, I, I think, uh, the general shape of my body <laughs> like probably <laughs> probably eliminates that well you can it's it's a podcast you, <laughs> yeah. you could have completely uh pretended to be like i don't a think sleek, anybody uh, yeah i don't think anybody would would look at me and go that guy looks like a flexible guy <laughs> um he looks like he can touch his toes um but uh i think uh it's uh, but I mean it usually then I usually have to explain what a contraptionist is right and I usually I I try to I guess the it, it would be easy to say like you build like Rube Goldberg machines right um it, do a lot of people I, know what Ruth Goldberg machines are I think I I think I think sometimes you have to explain that I I kind of don't I'm a little uncomfortable with that though because I kind of feel like like I've always I've I've always I I I always loved looking at Rube Goldberg cartoons and stuff like that, but I kind of I feel like I I feel like I do something different than that. Mm-hmm. Um, partially because you know the the Rube Goldberg stuff was cartoons mm. and they were all they were all drawings. Yeah. Whereas you know I'm actually building things out of matter. Right. Um, and there is something fundamentally different to that. Of course. Um, and I also, I think also that, that you know, you, you also sort of don't like, it, it's kind of hard when you, when you define your work in terms of other people, someone else's work. Right. Yeah. So that's a little, that, that gets a little hard to do sometimes. Right. But I think it's for, for just an easy you know, short way of explaining it, it's sort of probably easier to just say, ah, I build Rube Goldberg machines. I know. Um, I mean, I, I honestly don't know the content. I mean, when you told me Ruth Goldberg machine, I immediately had an idea of what it is. It's, uh, you yeah. know. Um, like a chain reaction. Yeah. That, you know, one thing happens that leads to another thing in a very simple mechanical kind of way. Yeah. That is hopefully surprising. Um, that is... And and in some ways, kind of, you know, involves the strategic misuse of items. Yeah, and in a way, is is it uh, 
Is it integral that the, the result is usually something benign, something that could have easily been done by just, you know, getting off your yeah. chair and, 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 and... Yeah, like an overcomplicated solution to, to, a very uh, simple, to a very simple problem. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's sort of... I, I feel kind of like... Like, I, I, I think... You know, it, it, that's another difference in terms of like the like Rube Goldberg's work, yeah, which was specifically about showing how ridiculous it was. Kind of like a comment on bureaucracy or right. something like that, and it had this sort of outside satire, mm -hmm. right? Um, and I don't know that I really feel like what I'm doing is satire or or inherently like I think if there there's there's certainly often humorous moments in that stuff but it's not it, it's not like that it's not integral the humor isn't integral to it right it's sort of like that's a byproduct um and the true and and where the thing that really interests me is the interaction of of uh components yeah um and and so i think there's a that's another difference because i'm sort of less i i think the like having it you you want an, you want there to be an end to it yes of course but the end doesn't necessarily have to be a task that is accomplished for the way i think about these things right and i mean my my con my context or first context when i tried to explain to my wife what it is that yeah. you're doing was the the opening sequence in uh, back to the future uh -huh. where the result was einstein being fed i believe that's yeah, yeah. like in and, and that was kind of a, a funny thing because a lot of things happened there and you were thinking that it's going to lead to something much more scientific or important or something yeah, like or that or Pee Wee herman's breakfast machine right right or Exactly. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which is, in you know, like you're saying, it's kind of cynical or, or uh, sarcastic in a way, right? It's like, look at uh, how Yeah, I think it, <laughs> and, I, and I think in those cases, it, it kind of goes to sort of um, a kind of, it work, I think for those movies, it kind of works in terms of telling something about the character who built it. Yeah. In terms of like their kind of myopia. Right. In terms of like that they haven't that he doesn't realize that he has completely overbuilt this thing and into this completely ridiculous taken this yeah. to a completely ridiculous level. It's like a, a person who is so caught up in their own head about, you know, moving into this into this element of craziness. Yeah. Um, that he's not well. Um, and <laughs> you know, it's 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 a really interesting observation because it's like even if your machines end up doing things that are a little bit less kind of benign and use and useless, let's say, yeah. um, there's still a level. I think there's still a level there where where people watching the the ultimate result yeah. are aware that you've probably spent a whole yeah. lot of your own time on something that they wouldn't probably spend their time on, you know, like yeah. well, you, you go where other people wouldn't. And that's, that does suggest that something is wrong with mm -hmm. you, you know, and <laughs> like, doesn't it? Yeah. It, it, but I mean, it's also the, I mean, it, it depends on how you look at it. I think I, I look at these things as, as almost from the standpoint of like, uh, of dance, mm -hmm. you know, you know, it's, it's a similar, it, it's, you know, not that I've ever been a dancer, but um, I kind of, I saw your old website, by the yeah. way. <laughs> so there is a uh, an element of dance there. I, I very, I mean, I, I when I bumped into, it, I was like, I'm sure there's a newer website somewhere out there, but I'm just gonna keep 
scrolling down this weird rabbit hole because we, we, there's so in, many, yeah which uh the, where you you uh there's something about the perfectly built man or something like that the perfectly oh my god that's that's hilarious yeah yeah oh that's <laughs> that's really funny it's i didn't i didn't there. even know that you could find that um it was the first thing that that, i mean that, that's a great example of like just being kind of really goofy about yeah um i i was trying to be serious at one point and and i had uh I, I got really frustrated at being serious because I, I was sort of like, I was like, I don't really, you know, <laughs> it, when you're, tr when you're trying to write about yourself in the third person, oh, you're kind sure of like, then, then I just started making a, I decided to just start vamping on, on some. And it's a beautiful you know, story. My, I was yeah. Like, I was like, I, I, you know, it, it's actually <laughs> like, uh, yeah, it, it sort of like goes into, you know, a whole I created a I created a fictional country, yeah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, with like, weren't there like, uh, what was it, pirates or or pirates cannibals and, or? and pirates and uh, and monkeys? Yeah, and being captured, <laughs> train, being like captured by monkeys. pirates and and uh, you know going and and uh, you know Cajun warlords. I mean that bio. I'm, I'm definitely gonna I'm gonna place a link on the on the on the podcast page for sure because oh, it's just great. A, an, a, an incredibly entertaining thing. But it's, there's also a part of it where it's like you it's it kind of feels almost like one of your machines because you're basically you know you're coming up with a story yeah that doesn't that has just a kind of like this chain reaction and you yeah. don't know where the next thing is going to go. All you know, it's probably going to be ridiculous in one way or another. And it's a beautiful example of like that type of uh, thought process. I'm sure it was kind of a, a straightforward story. Yeah. It was um, really just sort of stream of consciousness. Yeah. And it was, and, and that was, that's kind of the thing that I really, there, if you can get to that kind of thing where you're just starting, you know, it's like a, you know, I used to, uh, I, I was uh, I used to be a, a teacher with uh, preschool kids, hmm. and I had one kid that would that was impossible to get to go down for a nap. And I would sit with that kid, and I would just tell him a story, hmm. uh, just for, off the top of my head, as yeah. I, as I was trying to get him to to go off to, to go sleep. to sleep. Right. I hope that's not bothering things, but um, it's, it's caused a chain reaction and a, yeah. and a bump and sound in yeah. the. <laughs> I don't know if that if I made some kind if, of. If, uh, if you thing. move that microphone off, the roof is going to topple yeah. to the side. And, uh, <laughs> but it was like you know it, that was one of the that was like a really enjoyable sort of creative activity of, yeah, of just of just how, sort of putting one foot in front of the other and never really. And just sort of, and it, it's kind of, you know, it's like uh, the way, uh, the way like improvisational people that do like improv comedy with the, like the notion of the yes and where you sort of, yeah. go, well, I threw this out there. That was a completely haphazard thing that I right. threw out there, but now I'm going to incorporate that and let's see where it takes us while also like we're now that, now that throwaway line is canon. Right. right. And now And that has to be in court. We can't act like that didn't happen. Exactly. Yeah. You know, and and so that's a really interesting thing to do. So, and did you actually study improv? Because this is a kind of a de definitely I, a trope of, of improv. I never comedy. did. I I uh, I I think I've wanted to, but I've also been, uh, you know, there have been times where you know I, I'm not really good at like joining things and taking classes of, at hmm. things, and you know I I always sort of I feel sort of 
uncomfortable with in that kind of you know being a part of a group kind of thing yeah and I, I I think it's probably just my own you know my own inhibitions and probably if I had if I'd actually bitten the bullet and jumped in there I probably would have enjoyed it very much but I just never sort of overcame my own self-consciousness no I feel very uh, connected to that I mean, of course I did go to film school and stuff mm-hmm. so I, I was in an improv class but it was just because it was part of the film school and film yeah. school was a reason was a a choice that was made in order to get out here in the first place because I'm yeah. originally from Israel um, but uh, yeah I totally relate to that I think actually like I was just to me- mention that your uh, that pause that you take when people ask you what do you do and there's a, this like okay get ready because <laughs> yeah. it's not it's not a simple answer to a simple question yeah. is exactly what makes you a good uh, guest on this podcast I think a oh, lot good. of people on the, po- yeah. on the on and I think I told you right away when you yeah, even yeah. before you said what it is that you're doing I was immediately like okay I got my next guest <laughs> because that type of reaction when, when when you ask someone what they do is exactly uh, it's like the definition of um, of guests basically people who don't who kind of like they don't have a regular job and there's no yeah. school for what it is that they're doing yeah. you know they're kind yeah. of making it up as they go and I think your case is extremely fascinating because I'm you know I've talked to directors and visual effects uh, supervisors and a lot of visual effects artists when we started there was no industry yeah it was kind of like every every person came to it from in a different way from you know we all kind of studied the tools or started to kind of play with the tools on our own yeah uh, with no formal education or uh, or uh, structure to it but now it's it became formalized over the years sure what you're doing I don't think has become formalized unless you've started a, a a contraption academy I mean, I, or I've, something like I've that. I've taught stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I have a I, I have a, a relationship with a school in um, you know nearby here in in like Valley Glen um, that uh, works with uh, primarily kids on the autistic spectrum, huh. and and you know, so I go in and sort of over the you know every once in a while I'll do like a unit where we'll sort of. You know, just have very basic tools and very basic materials and sort of get them thinking about how things can fit together. And, yeah. I, and, and that seems to be a pretty, um, a, a fair, a kind of a useful thing to have kids that are in that kind of demographic. Right. Um to To sort of expose them to. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, you know... Um, and so I, I do that, and I've, I've taught. I, I used to teach down at uh, at UC Irvine. That's where I got my graduate degree, and so um, I created a class down there uh, that I taught for a couple of of, uh, of terms. But um, you yourself, like, was not. I'm sure. Uh, yeah. Well, I, there's a, it's a little. There, there's some stuff where I I my first you know when I first left high school and went into college I I went to architecture school. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was a really pivotal project in first year of architecture school where my uh, my professor uh, had basically you know specified that everybody was going to build a four f- a, a cube that was four feet on a side out of out of uh, like just strips of lumber you know sort of an open cube right and then he gave us all a ping pong ball and specified an entry point and an exit point and everybody's entry point and exit point that it was going to be put all together okay oh yeah into this to tower like, right and so uh 
that he said, your job is to entertain the ping pong ball for 45 seconds. Oh. And gave no more instruction beyond that. So we, it was up to us to interpret what uh, oh, really cool entertaining yeah. a ping pong ball means. <laughs> um, and then, you know, you it's put, like... So, so it, people put TV or something inside Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, in some cases, somebody did something where it was like, it, it something happened in front of the, in front of the <laughs> ping pong ball. And, and after, you know, it was sort of like a, a really kind of fun yeah. thing like that. But it was all sort of building sort of these weird little things. And the other, the only other uh, thing was that any kind of technology we used that, that we incorporated, we had to build ourselves. Oh, so if I you see. were going to use, you know, it was like, you can use motors or something, but you have to, you know, build you the have motors? to build the motor. Wow. You know, you can't just go and, you know, and I, there might've been some, some level of, I, you know, that, that might, this was a long time ago. Right. So I, I might think be building a motor is a bit like, you know, depends on. Well, but you can do it. I mean, I've I've built motors before. There you go. Um, I mean, you know, it's a, <laughs> it's it's, it's a, I have it's, not uh, built motors before. I think I I think that that restriction was just to make sure that you didn't just go and get a VCR and a TV. Yeah. And you know, install you know to to really put that sort of constraint on it to where you actually had to build something. Gotcha. Yeah. You know, um, and I think there might have been some. You know, whatever that's you know the the spirit of it. That was sort of the spirit of it. Motor. It's like you uh, you need a wire. You need to get uh, a magnet. Two, you it's need... it's sort of two electromagnets. Right. That have sort of, uh, you know, it's it's a you know you have a you have a a core, mm -hmm. an iron core, right. With with windings around it, but they're all it's a continuous thing, and then basically you you have. It, it's you have that arranged in in the middle in like a kind of a, a, a like a T mm -hmm. and they have the rotor down the center, you know it's, so it's a rotor right and then there are uh, permanent magnets or on the sides so that what happens when you energize it is that it it flips like the yeah it it pushes it pushes away when they're when the two fit when the two uh, electromagnets are sort of facing the permanent magnets they're in opposite polarity or they're in the same polarity so that they repel right and then when they're at the when they're perpendicular they're retracting mm -hmm. so they have a little push pull push pull push pull and, right. and that's the that's the thing that's sort of you know oscillating and it's sort of like so you're it's reversing the polarity of the right. of the electromagnet mm -hmm. that at, at a at a specific timing and so it's kind of it's kind of interesting. Okay, wow, we're kind of diving right into the mm. to the depths of of this thing. <laughs> um, just for people who might have not heard the intro to this episode, um, even though it's like the first thing up, um, you, the fame the famous project that I mentioned in the beginning that uh, I I referenced uh, and you and turns out you worked on was yeah. the OK Go video uh -huh. for this too shall pass. Yeah, um, what is is that? Do you also consider that the most famous project that you've done? To I date, think that's or? the that's the thing that is the most. Um, that that's kind of the, the the thing that is the most readily apparent to people. I, I think that's the thing that most people have have heard about. And what's uh, what do you consider as like the peak or the the, the kind of uh, the best showcase of your work? Um, that's a that's 
kind of a hard question to ask. I think um, I, I think the some of the uh, it, it's it's I think the stuff that I think that is the most challenging um, that I feel the best about is is like are are some live performances that mm. that we did. Uh, oh yeah, because did. live because they're I mean, just... that that is like the stakes are so much yeah. higher, um, and they're uh, you know so we we would I've I've I and my team have done um, stuff for like Google and Intel and stuff where it's kind of like we're introducing like a keynote address right um, for I think the, I saw the Intel one for, and, yeah, uh, yeah for the major. Um, you know, major tech conferences where you're introducing the CEO of this of the uh, of of this tech company of of like Intel and you know and and everything has to be perfect and everything right. has to be exact. You know, it's kind of like you're you're a, a you're an Olympic gymnast or something, and you have to hit every mark perfectly, um, and it's terrifying. <laughs> I'm sure, but I think those are it's... kind of the. I, I think that's that's sort of the the thing that is i think the probably the stuff that i'm most proud of yeah um, and i'm sure the the uh, satisfaction when when it ends up happening and you know like everything kind of falls into play that that like sense of relief at the end is yeah. probably uh, insurpassable in and, a, way, and so. a, just a real like just a, a sense of just just absolute victory yeah you know that you have and it just a just a, a real joy to to do that um i you know i think um I think those are, I think the, it, it's, it is kind of, you know, the okay, go thing though, is probably it's, that is probably the biggest accomplishment though, I think, because I, that, that is where everybody, nobody knew how to do any, nobody know how to, knew how to do it. Mm-hmm. And nobody, uh, and there was not really, you know, it was kind of like, you have to do it but you're not really sure if you can and you're not really sure if you've bitten off more than you can chew and it's sort of like even even on the third day of shooting we weren't really sure there was a <laughs> question gonna... of like is it is this you know even after you're done with it you're kind of going i really hope that i really hope it there's something in there that looks good and, and <laughs> all that stuff, you know? Yeah. Um, because you knew what you, you knew what you did, but you didn't, but then there, there's the whole element of there's a camera crew. Right. And did they work did well. Did the camera crew like, and it's not, it, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's an amazing camera crew, but it's sort of like, there's so many moving parts. There's so many things going on that like, it's, I don't know how I would be able to capture that. Yeah. So yeah. wait, let's rewind because you were in the middle of telling me from that uh, from your days in uh, in uh, architecture school yeah. in that uh, cube that you built. I feel like that was kind of the foundation to what you end up doing in your life. Yeah. Um, Probably. So what did yeah. you do in the cube? I'm curious. What was was the, I? Uh, I had a thing where I I I, tennis, I was maintaining the tennis ball where I had to the ping pong I, ball. My thing was uh, that it was like uh, uh, I actually it had the the ball had to enter if I'm remembering correctly the ball had to enter the bottom in the bottom and leave at the top. Oh wow! So I had to actually get it up 
to, you know, so I was sort of, you know, I had all this stuff happening. Um, I had like a, a little elevator that was driven by a, you know, and it's really a ping pong ball is a really, um, it's really hard to work with because it has no mass. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's a lot different from like, if you were having like, say, if you have like a ball bearing, like a, like a steel ball bearing, right. right? Yeah. You know, you've got a lot of mass there and you've got something to work with, but a ping pong ball is just like, you know, it's nothing. It's paper. there's very little to, <laughs> Or I you know, know. <laughs> so it's hard to get it to trigger something, mm -hmm. um, you know, but I had a little elevator that was just incredibly delicately, um, you know, it was just on a hair trigger where it sort of landed in this little, in this little uh, donut and it triggered a little, there was a little tiny, um, very delicate release. And then there was a, there was fishing line that uh, these two fishing lines that were up that was a bad idea because the uh, it kind of when the thing landed it kind of went like that mm. on the, the the things that ran along the fishing line right the the little tubes okay so it kind of locked it in place and so it took a little time but that was actually a really wonderful delay that it took a little while for the weight to actually sort of engage and be able to bring the, the, the thing up. Oh, I see. Well, there's a visual aid I'm not here really with explaining. Using, yeah, using I'm not really. It's, it's hard like, for me to explain what audio. It it's kind of hard to. Yeah, I mean, well, you know, a lot of the guests here are like visual effects artists. Yeah. it's not like it's uh, the best medium to. <laughs> yeah, but I, I mean, work, it was. But, yeah, but there was a there was an ele there was a little elevator that was driven by a weight, and then there right. was there. I had I had made some. Uh, I, I had made like a little trampoline out of pantyhose and, you know, a little cup and stuff. So it bounced off something. And then it was like, there was like, there was, I, I utilized pantyhose a lot, I guess. <laughs> in, in the, uh, uh, so it was either becoming a contraptionist or a pantyhose, you know, you know, somebody who, yeah, it's just like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> a guy who makes what, stuff so, out of pantyhose. So, so what was the uh, was that kind of your first introduction to this type of uh, useless machinery? <laughs> I think it's yeah. I mean, that was sort of. I, the, although at the same time, I I don't know that I. You know, when I was a kid, I was always like doing something weird. Like I was always like, uh, you know, for a while I was digging a hole in the in in the backyard, and that just was like. I was just really obsessed with trying to dig a really deep hole. And, you know, I'd come home and I would dode out and dig. And I, you know, I don't know what I, you know, it's just that I think that uh, it was always like. We all did that. We all yeah, tried yeah, to, to sure. reach the other side of the planet. Well, it was just like, I was, I had this idea that I guess I'd been watching a lot of like Hogan's heroes and I had this idea that I would be like, there, there was always a, a sort of sense of like some, this thing happened you know, the, somebody did something like this. Right. You know, you go and you see like a, a like a cuckoo clock or mm -hmm. something, and you go, well, you know, the people in the Black Forest in Germany were making these cuckoo clocks, and they had they had like a saw and a hammer and, yeah. a, and a chisel, and they made these incredibly intricate little cuckoo clocks. Yes. And like those aren't very complicated tools, so. Theoretically, and they were these weren't necessarily, you know, they they I'm, you know, they they weren't necessarily going to engineering school or something yeah. from that. It's had to be done at some point, 
uh, it had to be, you know, somebody had to do it first right. at some point. And so, you know, theoretically, if I apply myself, uh, I ought to be able to make a cuckoo clock out of, you know, with, with wood and a saw and a chisel and a hammer. Like, right. I, I ought to be able to do that. It's, it you know? reminds me of like my, so I used to have this, uh, this weird thing where I would, I would save all kinds of like plastic bottles and like, yeah. uh, old, uh, toilet paper, uh, roll, like, yeah, yeah. you know, the, the base of them and, and tubes and stuff. Cause I was sure I'm going to use them one day for like to build, you know, a machine yeah. for some unknown purpose. I've never actually gotten to like use them together. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I remember as a kid, you know, also a lot of kids, I'm sure, build like model airplanes. You know, China gets, you know, built gadgets, make things work. Sure. And just, even now as an adult, I, I, you know, occasionally ask myself, you know, if someone, you know, if, if we had a, you know, a, an apocalypse and, yeah. or if I was stranded in a, in a, in a little bit of island, like, could I, with my knowledge, end up you know building an ipad and yeah you know be able to entertain well, myself I, I, yeah <laughs> I, I think there's something Starting really scratch there is sort of something really interesting there's a really uh it's an interesting exercise of, uh, to be able to go well like to take a very simple object and to sort of go like how do i how would i build this like i'm a fairly sophisticated person right with access to some pretty good tools and you know, I'm a I'm I'm a 21st century person that is, uh, you know, and and, you know, would I be able to, you know, take like a ubiquitous thing? Like, would I be able to build this, this something like this if it didn't exist? Right. You know, where where would I start, and how would I how would I get, you know, how would I get started? What what, you know, what would be my strategy for building that? I think that's a really interesting thought experiment. Right. And um, I think, I mean, but at some point, at least in my life, you know, I, I reached an age where I was like, screw that. Life is too short. Yeah. Those things that are surrounding, that are around me were the result of, you know, generation after generation of innovation and, you know, yeah. and, uh, and uh, you know, study and collaboration and stuff. And like yeah. one man can't build everything. You know, and I ended up kind of focusing on computer animation and 3D yeah. and stuff like that because that was kind of like, you know, in a way, it's a, it's a similar thing. It's just virtual. You know, like you have sure. to, whatever you see, you have to build whatever it is that you're. Um, and uh, in fact, one of my my closest collaborators, uh, who's responsible for a lot of, of the work in my website, sure. one of the best yeah. work, is someone that I could totally see in a different, in an alternate universe, ending up doing what you're doing. Cause he's such a, has such a technical mind yeah. and this ability to connect things in, uh, in uh, unorthodox ways and use things in, in new ways that we're not, we're not supposed to be used as, which I think is exactly kind of the definition of, of what makes you good at this. Right. It's like yeah. the ability to, to look at one object and be like, Hmm, you know, so this is originally made for this, but it could be really cool to also. Yeah, yeah. How do you take it? I one of the things that I do with, uh, you know, that I have done with with uh, when I teach these classes or something is like one of the parts is like bring in something busted, right? You go yeah. and you it's like, you know, bring in some piece of technology that doesn't work, right? And we'll come in and tear it apart, mm -hmm. and you know, and find out what's in it. 
and then see what we can do with it. Yeah. You know, because there's always like, you know, sometimes, you know, if you, if somebody's throwing away like a printer or something, there's, you oh know, my God, oftentimes that's, like a, that's a it's treasure a, for you. Yeah. It's a, it's a, I mean, I, we, when I, I, I used to live in New York and my, um, where I had my studio was in a big studio building that, you know, and, and people just started like leaving old, you know, CD players and VCRs and printers and stuff in front of my door because right. they just, you know, and I, you know, jokingly put a little sign up that was sort of like, you know, the technological foundlings, uh, you know, leave, <laughs> <laughs> leave unloved, abandoned, you know, technology oh, wow. here. That's but it great. was like, you know, and it just, it got to be ridiculous because I had, you know, half of my, half of my space was taken up by like old, you know, CPUs and stuff like that, that, you know, were just, uh, you know, but I, I it's, I, I think it's interesting too. Wait, so so that was in New York when? Yeah, like how long? Uh, ago? I moved here. I moved to lost uh, to Southern California, um, at about uh, twenty two thousand seven. Wow. Um, okay, so that's like twelve years ago. And so I was in New York, probably ninety six. Hmm. Um, I think is when I moved. How there. how long have you been kind of? I guess I, I was going to ask, what, what was the last normal job you had? <laughs> yeah, I mean, my last normal job was uh, uh, probably teaching, I guess. Um, I, had a, I had a very brief uh, normal job at work, help working as uh, helping somebody with their, their uh, uh, sort of photo booth company. Mm-hmm. You know, I was doing that, but then I, you know, I also worked in, you know, I was, I, I also worked in post production as well. Like, oh, as really? a, I was a, I was an assistant editor, and I edit, I, I edited some stuff briefly. Oh, interesting. But uh, it was, you know, when you were talking about your friend, I was thinking about how, like, uh, the editor that I that I uh, was an assistant to for a, a while, like he was like. He was like, "Oh, you would have, you would have loved the old days where, like, you know, it was like when I first became, yeah, when like, I first started working in, in editing, it was like, you know, they're just making the transition to Avid, and it was like everything was, you, nobody was teaching anybody how to do, you know, every, it was all being, everything was had turned over into Avid, right. but there were still some holdovers with people working on a, you know, a Steenbeck, Steenbeck and, and Moviolas, and Moviolas and stuff, and and, you know." I never got a chance to work on that stuff, but it was sort of like, you know, I, there was something that was very, you know, I always loved going into the film room and, you know, prepping stuff for a, right. for a conform or something and, and, you know, actually getting the film together and, and having, I was, you know, there was other guy there was other guys that were older than me that were more experienced that they were the guys that were actually sitting there with the blocks and splicing things together that were to for the you know with the selects and stuff but mm-hmm. um you know but that was always something that the the tactile nature of that yeah um was is very very appealing to me it's really interesting because there the two are so different but so similar like digital uh move you know storytelling with mm-hmm. using editing and what there's something very uh intrin- you know intrin- intrinsically technical about it mm-hmm. and uh and 
you know, this, this whole kind of cause and effect. Like you're basically building a machine yeah. by making, even when you're just telling a story, you know, it's yeah, all yeah. about uh, setting things up and then using them later and, you know, like kind of uh, building this structure in, in, yeah. in your audience's brain and understanding that it has to have the right fundaments. Otherwise, it's all going to collapse and, you yeah. know, you don't want to be too quick. And there's this, it's a machine it's it's more than architecture because architecture mm -hmm. is in in a way it's frozen in time of course it's yeah. you know it, it, but this is a, temporal right yeah, you know and so temporal, you're you're exactly. doing something that is and probably if you're if you're doing something in visual effects you're you're you know it's ultimately going to be expressed in two dimensions but yeah. the the world that you're working in is a three-dimensional world oh yeah and you're and you're you know doing this you're you're operating in four dimensions right you know and I think there's there's something very interesting too about how you know there's it's it's like something that is that looks the same if from from a distance but when you actually get deep into it it's a it, there there's something there's some very fundamentally different things going on right where like you know if you're uh if you're operating on a computer-based thing, like just data management is is a whole other thing, you know, as opposed to like if you're if you're working in, you know, if you're working in a on a on a moviola, you know, you're keeping your you're keeping your clips in a in a physical bin, right? You know, hung up with a with a, you know clothes pins, right? And you're literally it, it's a physical yes. space that you're storing these things mm -hmm. in and that is a completely different that that is a completely different way of cataloging things even though it, it sort of even though like the operating system does a does a sort of attempts to approximate that right it's still sort of you know folders within folders within folders and and all this this whole other way of categorizing things and i've always been I got I got to prefix this episode by saying my guest was very physical in his explanation. So sometimes <laughs> you will hear you will yeah, hear I'm, I'm uh, microphone knocks and stuff like Sorry that. Just that. because yeah. no, but it's beautiful. I mean, it's very fitting. So uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm glad I'm glad but, you're doing. Yeah, that. yeah. I I mean, I I think like what I mean for me like that physicality mm -hmm. is so is so important. Like, and, right. and one of the things that you know I probably people that uh like my my way of thinking about organization is completely different i think or i don't know if it's different because i all i know is me but yeah. you know the whole idea of i've never been able to find things on a computer like it's always been but it, it's like i've i have had the experience of being like you know somebody needing to find something on my desk or something yeah and going you know, or they, they go, yeah, they're like a, a, a colleague at one point when I was in um, graduate school, he was like, I was in Arizona and he calls me up and he goes, hey, I figured you might have this particular kind of tool. Do you have this? And I was like, yeah, I've got one of those. And like it's on, it, if you go into my, if you go into my studio and you look at my desk and it's right in front of the, you know, if you look at there, there's a computer monitor and if you look to about 15 degrees to the left of the computer monitor, you'll see this pile of stuff. 
And he's like, there's a lot of stuff on your desk, dude. And I'm like, that's okay. Just, just look to the, to the left about 15 <laughs> degrees and then go about a third of the way down into the pile. <laughs> and he's, and, and then at like, at some point there's just this pause and he's like, uh, well, geez, <laughs> you know, like, it's <laughs> yeah. sort of like, I can't believe, I can't believe this, that you have, that that's actually that that's happened, <laughs> that I, that you, like, it, it was, you're right, it's here. And I think it like, that way of, of thinking oh, you about found it. things. Yeah, you found it. <laughs> okay. Like, it was like, I, I, it was like Third this whole way, thing of like, it's, it, and I, I was like, maybe I'm not, maybe it's not that I'm disorganized. Maybe I'm at like this really, really high definition organization. Right. That is sort of like, you know, when I'm, when I have to like put things away in drawers and stuff, I like, if it's not something that is, you know, it's, it's a, you know, it's, it's always sort of, I always feel like I need to sort of grab it. Hands are reaching. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Where it's sort of like within the sort of the, the, within the sphere of my, of of, of my arms reach. Right. Uh Um, then it, it sort of, you know, so I think there's sort of That's something about that in terms of how I do, like, I wouldn't be able, I don't, I feel like I wouldn't be able to, to, whenever I, I, when I think about trying to do things that are on, like, that are, that are within a digital space. Yeah. Um, and I don't, I do some, I do some, like, 3D design and stuff, trying to work out ideas and, and things like that. And especially if I have to do something where, you know, I need to have it, you know, like, a specific part fabricated or multiples. Right. Of, I, I will do that, but it's do still sort of... Do you use 3D printing, too, sometimes? Or? I have a 3D printer, and I have a laser cutter, and, yeah, you know, course. I, have, I, mean, I yeah. have some CNC stuff. But, uh, you know, and, and I, you know, sometimes I'll, I'll need to go send something out to get a to get it cut by water jet if i have like you know i've i've had to get some gears built and stuff like that and, right. and things but uh and especially for like heavy duty stuff um but like you know there's something about that that you know i sort of start feeling it in my shoulders where i sort of feel like it's sort of like there's a almost like a like some kind of uh rope tied around my shoulders that when you're on a computer, <laughs> you know when i'm yeah. trying to work on a computer yeah um that it, it sort because of it kind of forces you to be like have a a weird unnatural sense of organization yeah i feel you, like yeah. i'm i it's almost sort of like you're in a like like you're in a, a bathroom stall that's really too small mm-hmm. you know <laughs> and, and there's something that, yeah. that kind of like you can't move your elbows and i, I don't know what I, I like kind of like this a, microphone. For <laughs> yeah, but it, it's a very you can switch. By the way, if you want the mic stand. And oh no, no, this is fine. Be... This is totally fine. I hope okay. I'm not. I'm, I, I just hope I'm not. Uh, no, no, causing too much it's noise. Just, yeah, um, we have the, it, the planes are probably making more noise. Yeah. Close the window at some point to <laughs> avoid them. But it's but I, I I do sort of there is the kind of and I you I think you know if you talk to somebody that that will. Uh, guys that have people that have worked with me uh um for a while will probably tell you that i sort of have this sort of we we sort of have a kind of our own vocabulary that's kind of you know sometimes i sort of you know will try to explain something and it's not using words right it's it's huh. using sometimes little little strange little noises 
<laughs> and they'll, and, but it's sort of like, it's like, I'll be like, well, you know, this needs to go like, boom, 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 boom. And I almost knocked over the uh, glass <laughs> of water. water. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and that's I mean, how it goes. I, I have in my website, yeah. I have like uh, uh, quotes from each episode. I think I'm going to use that part yeah. as the quote for your episode. I'm just going to try to find a way to... to what is to, funny, like, I'll, we'll go like, <laughs> you'll be like, it needs to do this and blah, 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 da, 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 da. And, 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 and I'll go like... Does that make any sense? And he's like, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, you know, like because <laughs> you we've worked. It's sort of like we just have another whole sense of like it's almost like you sing it, right? You know, it, it sounds like your your trajectory is like you were always a storyteller. Obviously, you know, because just by the fact by the fact that you were at some point an assistant editor. Yeah. I don't even know when it started. Was it before you trained the monkeys and took over the? Uh, yeah, it was uh, after I had liberated the bayou. The bayou, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, after I was after I was uh, named president of the Great Cajun Nation of Israel. Oh right, the Cajun yeah, the Nation great. of Israel. I remember that? <clears throat> remember your short stint as president there? Yeah. Uh, but uh, but then there's also the uh, architecture school and uh, your yeah. affinity to machines and stuff. At one yeah. point, what point were you were you realizing, hey? I could tell stories using machines, like, and, and that could be like a, a, you know. I guess at what point did you realize? I, this I think is it. A I, job? I, well, I think it was more like, I think it was more like, oh, I've been doing this for a while, and you know, why is and and what is the? I I, I realized like I had this really strange trajectory where it was where. You know, you go. I go from architecture school into uh, very briefly. You know, I drop out of architecture school, and then the the next idea of what I want to do is linguistics. Hmm. And I stay in linguistics. I, I have a, a linguistics major for like less than a less than a quarter. <laughs> yeah, know, okay. For about two months, I was like, I'm going to be a linguistics major. And then I realized I am not going to be a linguistics major. <laughs> uh, I'm not that kind of, uh, I'm not a scholar, right? Right. Um, and then I move into um, studying English and then moving into like literature and language and stuff and really focusing on that. And then thinking about like playwriting and, and stuff. And then thinking about, and then finally dropping out altogether from college uh, and, you know, and then uh, moving to New York with the intention of working in film and then discovering really quickly that I'm really interested in editing. And, you know, it's sort of like, well, how does that, that all just seems like a complete mess. But when I look back at it, it's sort of like a real fascination with like structure. Yeah. You know, where you're looking at, um, Language uh, has structure. Language has structure, especially from the from you know like linguistics. You're talking about the fundamental. What is how do you get meaning out right. of out of sounds. these sounds? Mm-hmm. And architecture, obviously, there's structure in architecture. And I think the thing that attracted me to architecture rather than art was the fact that there was like you know what what somebody called like the enabling constraint, right. like. It doesn't matter, you know, there's certain things like if you're painting a painting, you're, 
there's not really a you know you can use whatever colors you want you can paint whatever you want it's you know and there's no it might be yeah it might yeah. be great or it might be crap or you know whatever yeah. how do you what are you doing there mm -hmm. you know you are constrained by the size of the canvas but what i really liked about architecture was like whatever you do it has to, it you're bound by the laws of physics right like and it's not even like you know, some people would say, oh, well, you also have your, you, you have a client and you have to please. And it's like, oh, who cares about the, even, even, even if you didn't have to deal with the client. Right. You have physical like, You have these physical boundaries that you have to right. respect. And that is, you know, that is something that I can ground myself in. Right. Because I've never really had a strong sense of like an aesthetic, mm -hmm. you know, or maybe I did, but I, I don't trust it. Right. I, I much more want to look at something and say, and say, well, this does it work, right? And you know, I and if I'm if I have those things, then I don't have to sit there and go, am I finished with this? Have I done enough here? If I, you know, what if I what if I change this color? Or if I did this thing and all this stuff, it's sort of like, no, it can get up and walk off. It can get up on the table and walk off off and go off and live its own life, right? You know, if you've got that. If you if you have those things that can guide you, exactly. And so I was really interested in that kind of those kinds it's of. It's funny because things. you mentioned linguistic. Like the recent, my most recent uh, like clash with that was naming our kid. I yeah, just had a kid a few weeks ago. And, yeah, and I was like, I never, re you know, it's like talk about improvise and talk yeah. about you know like consequences yeah yeah <laughs> and if and what and like you know the chain effect and all stuff. of these we things like, that you have to worry about yeah like you know like that was that was really hard to find a name it was like because you know we had you wanna, luckily we put some limitations on ourselves they didn't really help us you know because they were very limiting in a yeah. way uh me and my wife had uh you know especially my wife had a lot of like uh things she didn't want and things she did want yeah um yeah, but then at the end of the day, you're like, you're, you're I'm scared to death. Like, it's, Yeah, you don't want to just name the kid, like, Jim or something. Yeah. I mean, not that, I mean, not to, uh, not to offend yeah. anybody named Jim, but, like, the to, like, there are the, the names that are very, con you know, there are right. those things where it's sort of like, well, we don't want the kid to have any trouble later, so let's just find a really, a really simple, easy name. And, and then you're like, well, you're, but then we're, you're, losing all these opportunities to really right. have a name that has meaning exactly and then you you know and then it's sort of like well like uh, you know am i going to name my kid moon unit you know <laughs> exactly. and you know it's like it depends it, it's like how you could you I could mean, so you know frank zappa like, did yeah. um but you know you have like all these things that you're there's so many things to second guess yourself about right. and i think that's that's the how do you get to that how do you what is your strategy for getting past that second guessing right um and for me that's being able to have being able to know that well at least i at least these gears mesh right you know the gears they they the, the thing runs right you know and and if it and when i when i fling this bowling ball you know, through the air and it bounces off the, and it bounces off the, uh, the trampoline, it lands in the bucket. Right. You know, that's, that's done. That part is done. And right. I don't have to worry about 
the trajectory is is that a is that a pretty trajectory right. as it's flying through the air? It's like no, it it bounces and it lands in the bucket. That's all I care about. Exactly. I'm actually curious because I, I was thinking, I've never seen or in in my recent memory a machine or a contraption like the one you're doing that um, that has multiple sort of revisits of, of a part. You know, it's always kind of like one thing leads to another and once the ball left the, uh, mm-hmm. the, the whatever, the, the trampoline, the trampoline is just lying there, you know, yeah. and usually it doesn't really get, get revisited. I want, have you ever done a machine that has a certain amount of like kind of reusability? Sort of where it sort of winds around each other itself? Yeah, I, or I like one I, thing, kind of one lever that, that did, one thing first kind Where of goes sort of, and then it sets up for the, for something for else something else happen. yeah i have done i have done things where we're where there's a sort of a building aspect to it where it hmm. it does like in with the thing that i did with um for for google for their uh, io conference um it started out with a big sort of just two ton 10 foot tall clock oh, wow. that uh, every and, it, and the whole point was that you had a, a you know there's a point where they open the doors and they open the doors and people are finding their seats and you all that stuff and then and and that's like about a half hour of people finding their seats before the show actually starts and so right. we were kicking off the show but there want we needed to have some kind of element there that was sort of happening that can that could occupy people's attention and to give the sense of something happening right while they were filing in and the thing that we did was we built a clock this kind of countdown clock that counted down from 30 minutes and every minute it released a ball oh. and and every minute that ball and that ball went down the little track and what it did was it hit it uh, landed in a little cup that dropped and released a bowling ball six inches and then the next thing but what it also did was it laid down a piece of an additional piece of track for the next ball to roll oh. over so it was like this really it was so beautiful it was such a uh i i still like you know it's it's one of those things where like there's no way for you to keep it and there's no way for you to reuse it because it's sort of like that's just what it is but it so it it ultimately yeah. gets scrapped but the the that piece was so pretty and i did keep some of those like little uh mechanisms that brings to another question i mean you build machinery and and you probably go to you know uh these hardware stores and and you you have a, um, a workshop that has yeah. everything that you could need to build any kind of machine yeah home, home depot should should probably send me Christmas cards. Oh, I, oh my God. I mean, I, <laughs> I was joking with my father-in-law who was helping us like renovate the the house and he's like a very, you know, he's a crafty man and yeah. tractor and like we, we do a lot of things together, but I'm yeah. sure like we were, he was saying he we should probably get a Christmas card from Home Depot. I can't imagine that. You're probably even more. We had, um, yeah, I, I think at some point there, I, not, I, it's, it, at some point I, I had, I think I had worked out that I had probably spent over a hundred thousand dollars in a year. <laughs> oh my God. Um, but, so, but so the question yeah. I was asking is like, you, 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 you clearly have everything that you could, you, you could need to, to do things that actually, uh, 
withhold this, the test of time or you know are reusable yeah. you could do practical yeah yeah machinery do you ever feel like there's a sense of like uh maybe i should use my skills to do something that um that could be then mass produced and you know like could actually you know be uh Uh, be, be well, the, the Google clock was installed at, at the Google headquarters for oh, yeah? uh, like several years. I mm. think it was there for like five years. Um, and so that was kind of nice. Um, right. The only problem with that was that it was built it was built to operate for 30 minutes. Yeah. You know, and so it, it and it was built in the space of like, you know, maybe six weeks, I think, mm. you know. And so when you're doing something like that, it doesn't you you like you kind of it's a prototype right. and it's one thing to have a prototype it's another thing to have something that is working continuously for right you know a, a, you know that in perpetuity right right um, and but you're not like interested in in trying to one day like design something and kind of go through the whole uh, yeah i no i would I, i i i do want to do some stuff like that and I'm, i've done some I, there are some things that you know i have i i have built things that are that do you know last mm -hmm. you know and i i while i like doing things that are that are very performance oriented that right. sort of you know almost like sort of like a mandala that you kind of you know you do once And you put all this effort to, and then you sort of brush it away. Yeah. Um, and it's sort of there's something really beautiful about that, and and the the impermanence of that. Mm -hmm. But um, there's also something really nice about you know when you build something like that, um, and it gets committed to film or something. You know, you never really you're you you never really are able to convey the full thing about that thing right. that you built. Um, it's a really hard, I, I always feel it's, it's kind of why I don't, uh, people are like, sometimes like, you know, oh, you, well, why aren't you directing these things? You know? And, yeah, exactly. And, it's a good, and I, it's a and I have, question. Yeah. uh, I, I, I've directed a, like a couple of them, but I, there's, it's something that I just like, because I don't think in that way. Right. Uh, you know, I don't, I, I, it's hard from, you know, it's hard to commit something that is, that has some, you know, that is so dimensional. Right. Into a flat. And to be able medium. to catch it, you know, it's sort of like, and, you know, you're, you're either looking at details or you're looking at it in the big picture and it's sort mm -hmm. of, how do you convey the story of it and the flow of it and the action of it while still also being able to linger on details because there are some details that are sort of like oh we missed this thing there yeah. is this one little particular thing that nobody will ever see because it's just not in frame or it happens simultaneously to uh, something it's else it's behind something and right. it's something that is like it's a necessary it's a necessary thing but it's beautiful and it nobody will ever see that and you and it's kind of like the question of like well I mean, I guess it's kind of like Steve Jobs going like, well, the inside of the box has to be beautiful too. Like inside the computer has to be, the, the, the layout of, the, of right. the circuit board has to be beautiful, even if nobody looks at it. But it's sort of, I don't, but it, it's, there's, so there's some stuff that you go, well, I'm, I guess that's just going to be for me. What about, But, have you ever thought of the new technologies like VR? Because I mean. I have. And like trying to use them to capture it to like. I'm oh, I'm open to that. I haven't, and and I have a, a friend of mine has a, a 
has a uh, company that called Echo uh, okay. that is... I think I know EKO? EKO, yeah. That interactive it's the, videos. Yeah, it's that sort of thing where it's almost like a choose-your-own-adventure yeah, thing. Yeah, I worked with them on something. Yeah, yeah. He, uh, Yoni. Yoni Bloch. Uh, yeah, Yoni Bloch. Oh, how do you know? Yeah, I, I know him through... Uh, name drop somebody else i know him through, <laughs> i know him through jane rosenthal who is the uh, founder of the uh, uh, tribeca film festival oh okay yeah um that would explain it and and she is she's a lovely person but um the uh but yeah it, it's i i've you know there's all these really wonderful all these really wonderful technologies and it's sort of like there's a I want to. I, I I would like to find a a really a, a use for that for that that makes sense. Um, mm-hmm. But in the same at the same time, it's also something that is like a, they do. It is sort of of a different world. Right. Some of the appeal of what you're doing is the vintagey element of yeah. it. Like you know the you still use a lot of I think. Uh, get you know pieces that are yeah old fat you know old-fashioned yeah know, they don't and really make yeah it's, and it's also something where the 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 thing is a directed experience right you know so the narrative is a, is kind of a directed narrative mm-hmm. you you are directing the audience's attention into this thing and if you're using vr then it's sort of hard because you can look kind of anywhere right and so this if this thing is happening and you happen to be looking over here, you can be looking at, a, at an empty wall while the whole thing happens. Right. And you miss the whole thing. And you kind of, you know, so it's, I, I think that doesn't, nece- that, I don't necessarily think that's, maybe that's not a big problem because you can always rewatch it and you can always go back and look at it in a different way. And you can sort of, you know, ho- hopefully there's a, you know, maybe there's a way to sort of move through it. Um, and, I, and I would like, that's, a, that's an interesting approach to that and it's sort of like how do you you know that that would be a really interesting way to experience it right um, i mean uh, it reminds me of something else um that i remember as a kid one of my favorite my favorite toys as a kid were toys that had that element of like me- mechanic kind of feedback yeah I remember having a toy that had like just a few buttons, but the buttons were were able to do you you would push the button and five things would happen on the board mm-hmm. and the ball and you and you had to lead the ball from one point to the to the end mm. and then it was really about the timing of the push of the button to make sure that it coincides with the right you know motion of the ball yeah and I think that was actually not my toy but my friend's toy because Uh, my mom was cheap and yeah I'm just kidding she's <laughs> I, I mean that, that's sort But of how a, you, you're always well you're going to find out right right you're gonna, <laughs> exactly <laughs> but you're going to be a lot more a lot more uh, uh, sympathetic to those <laughs> yeah things. I'm sure but uh, but yeah I remember those toys being so so fulfilling and, and yeah uh, and satisfying to, to play when When you end up getting that ball to the end and you know that you had a part in it but eventually the the path the ball was taking was predefined it was just you enabling the ball and and if you missed it then the ball yeah. fell over you had to start over so well, it's kind of like this you're collaborating exactly and you I know so do you, have you ever built toys or have you ever thought I, I have guess, yeah I've, I've built some stuff where I, I have a, a 
Sorry for the Air yeah, Burbank can, uh, Airport uh, yeah, interruptions. Go, do you want me to? Do you want to? I can. It? Closer and closer. Yeah, yeah. They're they're changing the flight path. They're changing the flight path, yeah. Yeah. I think, um, yeah, I've I've built uh, certain, I've built a couple of, like, desktop things that are are sort of, that are kind of like toys, but they're, you know, like, I have, I built a thing that that did a multiple, uh, multiple, uh, editions of that that were sort of given away mm. at, by uh, to sort of VIP people at the that it was for uh, Google and had you know had commissioned this this thing uh, as a little gift to right. people who had spoken at one of their uh, at, at at a uh, this sort of special little TED conference thing that they they do like sort of their own yeah. TED conference thing that is sort of private uh and they do and and they had they asked me to make like a edition of like 85 of these uh little desktop machines and what Hmm. it was was it was like basically like a candle snuffer that basically you had a it started out with a uh with a it was like an alcohol lamp okay you know that you lit and over top of the alcohol lamp there was like a little uh a, a little boiler uh, that was made out of copper, and it had a little bit of a little bit of. Uh, uh, I think it had a little bit of alcohol inside there, so that it would heat the the vapor, and that the vapor would expand, and then it would uh, move a piston up, and then the piston, you know, actuated an, a, a lever, and then that released a little ball around a little thing, and then that jumped into a into a thing, and it hit a pendulum that oscillated and then it moved a ratchet that then released a catch that let the boiler drop down onto the onto the alcohol lamp and put it out. Hmm. So it was like this whole sort of useless thing uh, that just loop undoes, yeah. Where it's a, you light the, it, it it's like you you light the lamp and this thing puts the lamp out. It's like yep. that switch then yeah. you click and then yeah, the, finger, like comes the out finger comes and, out and, and turns it off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. It's such a stupid. It's just like a circular thing, but yeah. there's something so, so lovely about that. I mean, you know, it's still something that I I like playing with, and you know, you have it. You have I have. I still. Yourself. I have a couple of. Them that brings still, another but. question that I have, and I th- maybe even more like kind of at some point we'll get to stuff that is relevant to this podcast. Because, yep. No, I'm just kidding. It's, it's all relevant. <laughs> But I hope to get also down to two main things, which is, you know, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's not a, uh, there's no standard in industry around the thing that you're doing. So I'm kind of curious no. uh, about the mechanics of how it works when Google, like, how do you uh, put a, an estimate together? How do you quantitate your time and investment in it? Like, is there, you know, what, or, and have you, have you always known how to do it or was there like kind of a learning curve around that? And also like, yeah, maybe even better to start from this, from the beginning, like your first kind of paying gig in, in, yeah. in this specific, uh, uh, thing that you do, like, how yeah. is that, how did they discover you or, or what was the process of, of, of when did you realize you can, you, it can pay you the bills? Basically? Yeah. It, it's a big, it was a big surprise. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I bet. but, uh, the uh, I think in terms of I guess I could take the sort of the last question first the uh, which was 
I mean, I basically I had I had finished graduate school, um, and uh, a friend of mine had uh, uh, a friend of mine had had uh, gotten a call out. He had he had heard somewhere for some reason there was like this the within the geek community of Los Angeles. Um, the OK Go had put out a had put out a, a little thing that said, hey, we're interested in, you know, reaching out to the tech community and whatever, the, the geek community in L.A. to see if anybody's, you know, interested in doing a, you know, in helping us with a music video and we're looking to do like a Rube Goldberg machine, hmm. you know, and uh, I didn't I didn't get that. I wasn't on that email list, but the, uh, my friend Garnet Hertz was in, he had, you know, had a started a, a little group that so he was sort of a contact point there. And he basically had sent me forwarded me that email and said and said, I think that this is something that you might want to look into. And um, and I had known them from their treadmill video and stuff like that. Um, and he had made and so he made an introduction uh, to Damien Kulash about that, and so we talked. We had Who's one Damien little. Kulash? Damien is the is the lead singer of, mm. of uh, okay of Okay Go, and he uh, and we had one kind of thing, and then Damien had said, "Oh, you want to, you know, maybe we should meet for coffee." And then I never heard from him again. And then mm. uh, and then it was, and then I heard. Well, I, it took like another month or so. That I was like, oh, I guess it's done. I guess that's not happening. And then yeah. he got back and said, yeah, there's, you know, we're putting a team together. And, and if you still want to be part of the team, uh, you know, we'd love to have you. Um, oh, so I didn't realize. So OK Go was, in fact, like a, kind of a starting point for yeah. turning this into. Yeah, a- it was the, they, you know, I, and, and uh, you know, it's not that I had been. I, before I had come out to Los Angeles, like I had gallery representation and stuff in in New York, right? You know, you and and it sold a little leaving. bit of. Yeah. I had sold a couple of of uh, pieces and stuff like that, and and some things. But uh, you know, up until I was always, I, I had I had been, I felt good about where I was in New York, but I kind of felt like there was a direction that I could grow in that I didn't, that I wasn't really sure how to, how to get there. Right. And so that's why I decided to go to graduate school and, and, mm. uh, you know, actually be like an art student for the first time, <laughs> you <Yeah>. know, <laughs> after having developed my own practice, you know, and, and, you know, and, and the, uh, the program that I went to was uh, a program that was uh, founded by uh, Simon Penny, who is a really uh, interesting um, guy in the in the sort of the art tech mm. kind of world. Intersection, yeah. Yeah, and he had done a lot of he's done a lot of work, uh, early work in in VR, like back oh. in the early '90s and stuff, mm. um, and exploring what that was like, and has done all kinds of other really interesting um, work that was sort of, you know, uh, working with, you know, just the intersection 
of technology. That's UC art. Irvine? That's at, that's at UC Irvine. He's still at UC yeah. Irvine. Uh, the program is not there anymore. The program was called uh, Arts Computation and Engineering, mm -hmm. and it existed kind of right at the nexus of, of those schools. Right. And so that... Oh, I'm sorry. Um, okay. that, uh, that was sort of, it was kind of weird. It, it was kind of funny because we didn't have, um, that's good. The dog is drinking. That's good. Just staying <laughs> hydrated. Um, totally. but that was, it, it was kind of a funny situation because the, uh, night, no, none of those schools actually seemed to be aware of our existence. Oh. Um, and we were, and they didn't quite support anything. There was like, it was always sort of like there, nobody took responsibility for the, for yeah. the school, but that also meant that you were kind of under the radar. And so you could do some really weird stuff. Mm. Uh, and so I was, you know, you know, I had this, uh, I, my studio was out of, was, was, sort of in the middle of the campus of the of the university but it it didn't show up on any of the maps the building that it was in <laughs> so it was this really very strange little place but so yeah like so i i had been um so then i that's where i had had done all my all my graduate work and stuff and you know i'd been building weird little robots and things like that so i you know my my final my thesis for my mfa was uh was a, actually a, a robotic amputation saw that was sort of intended as a uh as a uh like as a sort of almost like an appliance <laughs> you know and I, i'd been thinking about doing all these about uh this I, I was interested in the idea of these of speculative objects right of sort of objects that were kind of treated like a product yeah but that were uh, like a product from an alternate reality mm. that where that made sense and then I, I liked the idea of these sort of these provocative objects that sort of somehow make an issue real right you know and and dealing with something that is that there's something of of making something that that is material is is a lot different from just talking about it yeah no i i, I love that idea i remember having this joke in my head that they should invent a wireless shower head uh-huh or not wireless but like you know uh tubeless whatever that's called you know just to as just a joke, you know, something like, that just show, that, yeah, it's like it's a, it's you could take it in your car, you can exactly, move it over the right? I mean, yeah, it, I love those. You know, like and in some ways, you, you, <laughs> it's these sort of things where it's like those those as seen on TV, yeah, uh, products that are sort of like it's a, you know, like the, 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 David Cross had a joke about like it's a battery operated battery installer, and you know, <laughs> here's the da 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 da, you know, and you go and and this whole thing, you know, and and what's beautiful about those. I, I did a video of of this this amputation saw, oh. which w was called the Phantom Limb Generator, <laughs> okay. and it was, uh, and I, I did and the whole point of it. I, I it was like a, a thing where I was like, well, but I is know this saw, can the saw be used by a person with only one arm? That's a real. Yeah, question. it's actually it's like... you. It has a tube. You. It, it's a it's a circular saw. <laughs> yeah. That w was 
that uh, you you stick your hand in a tube and there's a pistol grip at the end of the tube. Oh, and you do and you pull the thing, <laughs> and then it turns on the saw, oh, and then it really? advances with a lead screw to just chop your arm off, and then it returns, and then it had an integrate, and then it had a uh, a, and it had an integrated speaker phone, so that at the end of that, it dialed nine one one. <laughs> and it also had like a it had a, a an iodine bath it ba- it 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 squirted iodine on the blade mm. so that it would actually you know sterilize the blade and make a clean cut and all that stuff and then That's you brilliant. could take the tube and then pick it out and then um you know you you could actually remove the tube you know the the first responders could remove the tube and take your arm with you right. as they loaded you into the ambulance and <laughs> you know it's like all this stuff where it's sort of like then like there's some something really interesting about all those questions that that raises like aside from why the hell would anybody want to do that right um to like what is the actual purpose of this thing mm-hmm. because you know it's a, it's like it is it a you know somebody was like well but you built a thing that cuts people's arms off right it's like yeah but it hasn't cut somebody's arms off it right. hasn't it hasn't cut anybody's arm off but it could, could potentially yeah but it's sort of like so maybe what it is is a machine that doesn't cut somebody's arms off right and what does that mean <laughs> you know it, it's like there's this whole all these really interesting yeah sort of that's a really interesting path to go down and it's also like a machine it's just a it's a it's an inert object and it only it's not dangerous because you like you have to turn it on right you have to operate. you literally need to push yeah. it with your own hand it's uh, not in order and, for it to work. and then it's, it's sort on. of like a question of like well what does you know what does it mean to be dangerous yeah you know and it's sort of like is it, it you know and, and i guess you could go into something about like asking other questions like then it, you can go into something political too. Like right. there's sort of like some political questions there. Like you know maybe maybe there's a question to be asked about guns or something like that. And you know not to get into that, but um, the just that idea right, exactly. of the the politics of objects is really interesting. It sounds like you know I mean basically I'm that sure has nothing to do with my work now, but <laughs> well, but it's fascinating because it's like. You know, in a way, your work is installation art, right? Is yeah. that kind of the the, mm-hmm. the umbrella underneath where, where yeah. a lot of those things kind of exist? I have a friend, an old friend, who's also an installation artist, and she's uh, remember her making. Also, it's it's there's something, you know, very interesting about physical objects. I think yeah. she she's just making. I remember her showing me. I was visiting, and she had a bunch of things that looked like hand grenades, essentially, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and she mass produced them for this installation art yeah. you know, that she was putting together so her whole apartment was filled with hand grenade looking things yeah and it was just very interesting you know like I, I remember i accidentally toppled one of them and it fell and broke yeah and i was like oops sorry but that's awesome because nobody can go sit next to me on the computer and accidentally break a 3d model that i'm building or, yeah yeah you know but this isn't a tangible thing if i if it fell and broke I have a part in this piece now, you know, yeah, like yeah. if you're going to use it or whatever. Well, it's also um, an interesting thing about the, I, I have a, a, one of my, one of my closest friends is a ceramicist. Mm-hmm. Uh, his name is Dirk Stashke and, and he is, you know, he does all these absolutely gorgeous um, uh, pieces that are, you know, he'll do these things that look like, you know, it's, it's, it, He'll do these beautiful things that look like uh, uh, 
a cake or something mm-hmm. that that looks absolutely perfect. Right. You know, and and the idea of that, but it's made out of a different material. It's a completely different, you know, uh, thing. And and playing around with expectations in right. that way. And I think like like Klaus Oldenburg did something similar with the with the puffy stuff, where it's sort of like the you know, taking that and, and rendering it into another material right. that is, that then sort of, how does that, you know, what is that, you know, it's it's the thing of like, well, it's a sink. Right. But it's not a sink. But it's, mm-hmm. sort of, it's, it's it like this sort of idea of like the platonic ideals of, of an object, you know, that's right. sort of like the idea of like, you know, the there's, you know, I guess uh, there was something about Plato saying that, you know, there are three, you know, painting is, is imitation thrice removed or something like that, where it's sort of like, you know, you have, you have uh, a chair and the chair exists. There's the chair that exists in the mind of God, mm-hmm. which is the perfect chair and is the essence of chairness. Right. And then there is the chair that's made by the carpenter, which is an approximation of, of God's chair. Right. And then, and then you've got the paint, the chair that is painted by the painter. Right. That is an imitation of of the real chair of the of the carpenter's chair, yeah. but is also an imitation of of God's chair, mm-hmm. but has lost the essence of of God's chair. Right. You know, and it's sort of this weird thing of like, what is that then? Mm-hmm. You know, and those are that's a very interesting thing, and that's sort of like what I was thinking about when you were talking about the 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 hand grenade. Right. And. There's also the aspect of like bringing something into physicality, which is sort of, you know, like, like Jack Kevorkian, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and his, you know, he, he was, he was a really creepy guy for a long time and was still doing, you know, making, you know, was still working as a doctor and working in hospitals and all this stuff. And he had done all these really disturbing things, but it wasn't until he made his machine, the death machine, the, the, the suicide thing, right. That people started going, wait a minute. (laughs) 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 It was like, and, and he had, I, he may have actually helped people, you know, would right. had helped people commit suicide up until that point, or had, you know, had kind of not, you know, people had died under his care, but it wasn't really yeah. clear what was going on. But then he built the machine, and then it was sort of like, this is this now this object exists, right? You know, and you know, it, it was sort of like, you know, from his perspective, he's like, well, this is this everybody the person is in control of that and it's like i'm not i'm not doing any it's i'm not involved in the decision making process i just created this hmm. i just i just created this enabling technology right and you know but it was suddenly that was this thing that was a that and it's like what's why did it have to be like that why did it have right. to be why did it why did that have to be the turning point yeah and there you go you know? the, i'm sure it had something to do with the arm cho- the arm chopping machine yeah yeah i mean that's part of what you know that was part of what the what the thing was but although what the the just the the origin of of the the phantom limb generator thing was because i was actually trying to figure out i was really interested in phantom, in the phantom limb uh, oh, wow. phenomenon and then going well, how do you do anything with that? Because it's a really subjective thing. Right. And 
then you have to, like, if you're, like, you can't, you can't really know anything about it unless, unless you're experiencing it directly. And then it's sort of like, but what if you don't want, what if you only want to experience it? What Briefly. if you don't want to ex have yeah. that as a, as a, as a, a com, as a, a permanent thing? Right. You want to like, get it off you, and then put what, it you right back on. You want to put it back on. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, and, the, the, uh, you know and, and it was just that, that really sort of very, you know, one thing after the other, and a logical progression of right. you know taking it to its <laughs> to its uh, logical and absurd conclusion. Wow! Do you it have is, a picture of that machine? Can yeah, I yeah. I have a video. I, I, I made a video of it, and, and the video is like, like the, the video is intentionally artless. Okay. It was done as Phantom a as a, generator. It, it was almost. It was the video was inspired by a uh, by an instructional video of how to use a, a pair of uh, hair clippers. That you know, I'd, I had gotten a pair of hair clippers, and and it came with a DVD hmm. about how to cut your own. And I'm like, why do you need this? And it, <laughs> <laughs> That's great. But it was this whole thing of. And then why you end up going and doing some, one of those for yourself because it's just hilarious. Yeah, because well, I needed to have some kind of documentation, and I didn't want to. Again, like I didn't want it to be this thing that took itself so seriously right. because then it ends up being like, oh god. You know, it reminds me. Have you ever seen the show called? Uh, um, it's a British show, comedy, and it's called Look Around yes. You. You know that show? Yes. I'm Perfect. such it's a huge a, it's fan. It's such a beautiful. It's beautiful. Yeah. It's it's absolutely wonderful. Um, I don't know a lot of people who know the show, but oh, I love it. I absolutely adore it. I'm trying to think of some other stuff too, where like there's. Uh, well, it's like it's it's also like I think about like uh, some of John Hodgman's work, right? The uh, stuff like the 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 uh, the areas of my expertise, I think it is, or or uh, you know, and and like these, but it, it's like a a very a very dry delivery that is is presented as an almanac, right? That is filled with completely made up things exactly it's, yeah it's utterly made up and there's no and and yet at the same time there's a there's a it, it's a weird thing because it's almost sort of like the you know like how, how Werner Herzog talks about like you know not being interested in the truth of of accountants right you know? <laughs> and it's kind of like there's something about like telling a, a story that is false right but, but it is also true in it that that also there is some there is something that feels true about it exactly there's i look around just basically an educational show like to yeah. take out your notebooks you know write down notes yeah and it's about you know and every episode is about like what one is about water and one is about the brain and one is yeah. about um you know all kinds of things and and this everything is basically completely made up there's a little yeah. there's a little yeah. bit of like kind of it it feels like it could be true well it's it's like a uh i was talking to a friend of mine about uh i was talking to actually yesterday i was talking to a friend of mine about cults yeah. and and he was he, it was sort of like well how does it like you know the some of these things you know he was talking about something it was like well i was looking at this thing and then you know there's some of the stuff is like it makes sense right you know like and it's like yeah well that's how you that's 
that's how it happens where you start out and saying, you know, like, for instance, like, you know, going into like, well, of course, you know, uh, like, of course, like uh, this particular type of person, you know, this, this particular demographic, there's nothing wrong with that demographic. And, you know, right. but, but, you know, we're different, we look different. And so it would make logical sense that because we look different, that that we are that our our brains would Developed, function differently yeah, function. and that we have different other stuff and then all this other stuff and then you know and then you get to a certain thing where you're talking about those very logical step by step things and then you sort of go and that's why it's very it's necessary for these for these people to eat your brain mm -hmm. you know <laughs> and you're going you're, you've been taken along all along this line, you know, so right. it's like this whole thing that it's like you all these very plausible things. And it's all then one thing is, is you, you say one thing that is plausible to actual reality. Yeah. And then you, your next, the next thing you say is plausible to, that to the thing that you just said. And then the next thing, and then it, but then it, we start veering really far Mm -hmm. into these other thing into these other areas and, it, and you know, at the end you end up with something completely um and hopefully you don't you know it it's really it's really wonderful when it's not weaponized right right you yeah know, hopefully it become it, it just stays in this if there's something really beautiful about that that act as a creative act yeah and on you know unfortunately it it can also be used to you know to commit genocide <laughs> yeah oh my you know God. well i think we're we're really lucky because we've been here for a long time and mm. and my son hasn't uh yeah. uh interrupted oh, gosh yeah Holy if, moly. You, if you said enough time for for this but um yeah this has been a lot of fun it has and and uh so real quick before we wrap two things i wanted to ask and uh one is uh what do you do now in terms of like, what's the operation look like? You said you have a team, uh, yeah. you have a brand. Can you talk like two minutes about? Yeah. I mean, I, uh, I have a, I have a, a shop that I work out of that, you know, I've got a, a, it's a fairly large shop. I probably will need to downsize soon, but, um, only because I, you know, you, I think the sh I've, I've reached a point where I've gotten, like, I realize I have sort of maybe too much space. Oh, really? Because you get, you get to a point where you go, my shop is so big that I don't have any room anymore, <laughs> you know, because it, it's, you know, and if it's right. smaller, you might be able to actually make a better use of the space, hmm. you know? So I'm, I'm kind of thinking about that, but it's like, I've got, you know, my shop now is like 1600 square feet, which is, wow. you know, and I've got, uh, you know, it's, it's nice. I've got, I, you know, it's, it's funny. Like we talked about Home Depot, like used to, used to be a, you'd go to, you'd go to a place where, you know, you wander through the tool section and just sort of fantasize. And I don't do that anymore because I've basically got every tool that I need. Oh, wow. Um, and that's nice. Right. Um, Probably have uh, spares of everything. And yeah, I've got a couple, you know, and, and you, and, and that's kind of neat. Um, and I, and I, you know, have a, a kind of a core group of people that I rely on mm -hmm. uh, when we get a project in. Um, so how do you maintain all that? I mean, I'm sure it's, it costs money to, to rent that. Are the, the yeah. projects are kind of back to back or you do? You it's have, not, uh, it's not always back to back. It's, you know, sometimes you have things that double up and, you know, a couple things come in at the same time and you try mm -hmm. to, and you try to make 
both of those things happen at the same time. And that's, you know, and, and then there's some, you know, you wish they would kind of be more back to back. Right. Because, because sometimes then sometimes it ends up going not. like you have three things happening at the same time. And then you're kind of going and you're, you're tearing your hair out and you don't. And, and then you and then you have like three months where there's not, you know, and you're like, well, yeah. I wish this could have yeah. could have been nice if we staggered it along. Yeah. Um, but how do you go about like. Uh, maintaining that flow of, of clients that come back is—is is it that you you feel like your name is already out there and? Uh, I I think somehow my name managed to get out there, because mm-hmm. um, I, I, I and I I would I I would love to be better at marketing myself, but it's not something that I'm particularly good at, and and so it's sort of it, it's it's you know the my marketing, you know I, I have a manager who who also is is trying. Right. Always trying to, to bring in new clients and stuff. How did the manager, like, how did that relationship start? Was that after the OK Go video? Or that was something? after, that was a couple of years after that. And I was just put in touch, uh, a friend of mine, uh, he was representing a friend of mine and she mm-hmm. had introduced us. Um, so it's, it's sort of like, uh, you know, I'm not, I, I have, uh, I have unfortunately not been as good at, that whole marketing thing as as other people might be um because i you said fortunately or unfortunately unfortunately <laughs> i wish I, I wish i had that gene i kind of don't like uh, you no. know i if i go to uh you know some people go around and and are constantly you know are just always talking about stuff and always sort of you know putting things together and and all that and and i kind of you know if i'm at a if i'm at some kind of event or something i'm like rather than you know, there might be some really great prospects that I could, yeah. <laughs> and then I and, and really. I'm going to be sort of like over by the water cooler, <laughs> you know, just sort of, uh, yeah. you know, staring out the window or something. Right, um, but it means I mean, it seems. Do you have a lot of uh, uh, competition in town? Like, do, are there any? I don't think so. I mean, I think that's the doing? that's sort of the. I, I made a joke about how like, you know, you find, you know, develop a skill that develop a completely useless skill in an area that nobody cares about. And that's how you become an expert. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. You know, and, and, uh, you know, so there's not really, I don't, uh, I mean, it's, I don't really, and I, I, you know, it's like in terms of competition, I try not to really, I don't, if uh, that, I, I need to get, stay out of my head that way. So I don't really know, where you know i and i and i kind of don't want to look at at the other stuff i i do have a i do have a friend who who does uh something similar uh he's from new zealand mm-hmm. um a guy named joseph hersher who i uh, you know i we've we've worked together before uh and i was actually down in new zealand um uh, uh for about 4 months helping him with a with a project um and he, but he's from New Zealand, but he lives in New York. Right. Um, but, uh, and so, you know, we've worked together on some stuff and, you know, that's good. And, you know, but uh, other than that, and, you know, there's, I, I guess there's probably a couple of guys that are, and and probably women too, I don't know. But, um, uh, but I try not to sort of really seek that stuff out because I kind of want to, I'm I'm always sort of looking at other kind of sources of inspiration. Yeah. I want to stay in that sort of in, in that kind yeah. of 
Rube Goldberg kind of area because it's also, you know, it's also people are using different kind of materials than I'm using. Right. And, and it's also, uh, I don't, it's, it's in some ways it's also like, you know, uh, you know, a person who does, you know, it's also like soliciting on it's like uh, unsolicited screenplays or something where it's like, I don't want an unsolicited screenplay. Right. You know, a producer doesn't want an unsolicited screenplay in the case that they have, they might be working on something else that is very similar and then they get sued. Exactly. Yeah. Right. And you have that, some, you know, course. you know, so it's, it's uh, easier to keep yourself kind of. Yeah. If I, 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 I need to know for myself that if I came up with a, with a little thing, that I came up with it, right? And that I'm not just ripping somebody else off. Yeah. Um, um, and uh, last question. Well, two two more question. One is, what's your kind of further aspirations during growth, and also in terms of the creative kind of challenges that you want to face in the future? Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, uh, there, there. I have a couple of. I do have a couple of, uh, you know, sort of things that are some ideas for some uh more permanent um things i'd like to i i like i i recently did something for samsung which was a which was a, a kind of standalone machine that can live in places oh. you know and and they can travel around and i really like that i love that i love that i can to to have something that people can walk up to Right. And and spend time with mm -hmm. and and be able to see some of these little intricate little things that, you know, and experience things in that way. So I'm I'm I like doing um, I, I want to do more of that. And, you know, I'm kind of there, there are a couple of things in the in the works for that. Um, and there is, you know, other than that, I mean, you know, there's. There's also some some rumblings about you know some TV projects and stuff like that, which would be kind of nice. That's interesting. Um, I yeah. mean, I'm sure you don't want to tell us too much about those. Yeah, I don't want to get too you know because it's also sort of like it's where it, there there's it you know it's not it's it's not a real thing until it's actually until it's released, right? Right. But is that <laughs> you? You mean doing something for an existing TV show or creating a new format around? Well, this. it's like a, I, I think it's it's like trying to figure out a good way of how how to how to make it part of another narrative, you right? Know? Yeah, and, and how to and how to do. I've I've done a couple of like I've it's it's functioned in that way. Like I, I did a, a movie a couple of years ago uh, that. Uh, with with uh, Colin Trevorrow, yeah, um, that was called the, the Book of Henry, um, and you know, it you know was unfortunately not not very popular with with critics, but right. um, I really enjoyed working with with him on on that and figuring out like how that can serve like the narrative of, right. of his, the story that he was telling, Yeah, you know, and, and the, what was really wonderful about that was that the, the, the machine that I built, uh, was a character mm. and was kind of integral to the story. Nice. Yeah. And that was something that was really, 
I, I uh, that was that was such a such a cool experience to be able to work uh, with that with with him and with with uh, all the other you know like there were some really great people you know a really great DP on that and a really great uh, great uh, special effects guy you know with practical effects and you know mm -hmm. that was a really cool experience with that and so I, I you know doing more stuff like that and trying to figure out how that can serve the the narrative of another of, of other uh, you know another tell other stories right? yeah yeah and uh, finally um, any advice for people who want to get into this field and create uh, kinetic uh, storytelling machines um, don't, because I don't want the... <laughs> the <laughs> Say it's busy. It's a busy just, field. Just, There's you, no room just, for you. Just stay the w just stay the heck away. <laughs> no, uh, I, I think it's it's hard to say. It you know I I think the whole thing is just like put one foot in front of the other. Right. Because the the it's so the, funny. It's the, like such a the best thing. The 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 way it, the 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 way it becomes something really interesting is because you didn't have a path right and you had to forge your own path mm -hmm. that that that's where the you have to innovate and to yeah. not be worried that you don't know what you're doing and and to actually sort of cultivate yeah the the kind of not knowing you know be go into those places where you don't where you don't there's something that isn't that you have no idea what's going to happen um and and that and is just, the, like you say put one foot in front of the other and yeah you know before you know it you move one bowling ball and you know on the other side of the world uh tornadoes yes yeah. and it's all it's yeah because that's that's sort of the the thing you know if you just if you just keep sort of plugging if, if it's something you know it probably is like anything you know if you just keep keep at it and you know you learn one thing you add on to on top of it and you and then it eventually you take a step back and you realize like holy, holy crap i have a career right you know you reach like a critical mass of like everything kind of comes together and yeah. suddenly there's a need and you you're able to fulfill it yeah so there's you know this whole you... thing about like you know uh you know uh you know opportunity meets preparation you know that that whole thing and and it's like you know and being you know like the whole thing about being in the right place at the right time well you have some degree of control over that right you have to like the it, it's kind of you can narrow things down yeah you can kind of go well where's the wrong place to i can pretty much guess that like if i want to do something like going like if i want to be a movie star probably moving to antarctica is the wrong place to be for that. Yeah. <laughs> That's another you know? way of looking at it. Yeah. So, so we can we can rule Antarctica out and there's a, probably a bunch of other places that we can rule yeah. out too. And then, you know, go and we can go to that and then that will make us that will make the likelihood of being in the right place a lot more likely. Yeah, and, that's a great advice. And you know, you probably the at the then you, maybe you're not you know, don't do all your stuff in the middle of the night. Mhm. Mm you know, that's because that's the wrong time, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that's fine. Yeah. So, anyway. And finally, yeah. uh, 
usually let people at the end of the episodes um, plug themselves. Where can people uh, find you online, uh, subscribe to your work, or, or yeah. just check it out? I think it's just if you just go to uh, brettdoor.net is my website, um, and that sort of is where my you can contact me or um, you can see examples of my work and stuff like that and you know it's also like if i i've i sometimes talk to schools and stuff like that i like doing that type of thing so like oftentimes that's people contact me through there too to sort of yeah you know if they want to have a conversation they want me to do a presentation to their school or something because i like doing that too yeah well i could go on for hours but yeah. as you can tell my son is of starting course, to of course uh, yeah uh, demand attention yeah uh but i so much so appreciate you coming by Absolutely, and yeah. spending this time this was a here. lot of fun david this is yeah. a great time and uh it's yeah it's always the, nice to talk about my favorite topic <laughs> me exactly right <laughs> uh yeah no it's a, it's fun to me too just to yeah. listen and uh interject and add my two cents and yeah, stuff. But yeah, yeah. Uh, we should do it more often. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> All, right. All right. Thanks. And that was it. Episode 23 of the Post Post Podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I know it was long, so kudos to you for sticking all this long. And uh, stay tuned. Another Post Post Podcast is coming right at you in a few weeks. And until then, stay inspired. Goodbye. Thank you.